Hello, and welcome to Quest, a vineyard church where we experience life as friends with faith through encountering God, loving others, and making a difference in our community. If you're new, there will be information at the end of this podcast where you can plug into Quest in person or online. Now let's dive into this week's teaching. So today we're launching a new series called Dangerous Prayers. And as a creative team, Ross, Wendy, and I, when we sit down, we we pray about what we want to talk about next. Where do, where do we need to go in terms of our spiritual diet? How do we how do we as a congregation need to grow? And and uh, when this came to us. I'll be honest with you, I, I started to get a little bit of a, a nervous pit in my stomach. It's a good nervous, it's, it's like a, a little bit of anxiety, but in the, in the right way, because I know that if we start praying dangerous prayers as a church, it means some pretty radical things. And, and um, I'm, I'm grateful for uh, the folks in our church who are regularly praying for us. That's our lifeline to God. Uh, just this morning, I was with the prayer team uh, as we were praying for our community and everything else. And, and I'm just so grateful uh, for all of the prayers that, that you guys pray. Um, but I also know that with this series, if, if, if we take it seriously as a congregation, it means that we are going to send ripples uh, throughout this community, ripples that have kingdom significance, and the enemy wants to stop us. And so that's part of where I get a little bit of anxiety. Not that I'm afraid of the enemy, um, but I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm afraid of, you know, well, anyway, I don't want to go into what I'm afraid of. But um, I just, I know that, that our prayers are powerful. And these are dangerous. These prayers are meant to rock and change our lives and so that we might live increasingly more in the will of God. And the enemy does not want that. The enemy wants us to fall for anything other than what God has for us. And so... I, I, I'm, I'm really excited about this series, and, and, uh, and I, hope, I hope that you will join with us for the next three weeks as we talk about these things. So today we're going to start in, in the book of Psalm. This is all based out of, of, of Psalm 139, and I want to encourage you to, uh, to open up your Bibles, and, and I'm going to get on a little bit of a soapbox, and so I hope you don't mind me for a second saying this. I, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up. Psalms 139 is like right in the middle of your Bible, um, and I want to encourage you if, you, if you didn't bring your Bible this morning, I want to encourage you to start doing it. I know it's kind of um, you know, out of trend to bring physical Bibles uh, to church because we have them on our phones, right? How many of you, that's how you primarily read the Bibles on your phone? Shame on you. I'm just kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, no, I, I really think there's something significant and important about a physical Bible that doesn't have distractions or texts coming through or notifications or emails or all of that stuff. And so I encourage you uh, to, to bring your Bible, to, to write in it, to take notes. And I say this all the time. I, I just I think it's a really powerful, powerful thing. And if you don't have a Bible... Uh, if you don't have a physical one, come find me after the service. I'll make sure that you go home with one that you can keep, and uh, it can be yours. And so, anyway, we're going to be in Psalm 139 today, and uh, this is a prayer from King David. Uh, we, we have the privilege, as we read this prayer, of, of looking into someone's prayer life, a man who is known as a, a man after God's own heart. Uh, this prayer, it's deeply invasive, it's beautifully honest. David was facing all kinds of pressures as he's uh, writing this out, as he's praying it. He's experiencing political pressures, he's experiencing personal pressures and spiritual pressures. And, and, and I want us to keep this in mind as we read through this psalm. 
What are the things in your life that you are feeling pressure from that this psalm might be able to speak to? Okay? Uh, so, we're going to read this. And, and I want to point out, so this, this prayer is 24 verses long. Uh, but the last two verses, verse 23 and 24, they're the basis for this series, uh, Dangerous Prayers. So, let's begin this. Psalm 139, verse 1. Read along with me. The words are on the screen if you don't have your Bible. Um, so you can follow along there. It says, David says, O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it altogether. You hem me in behind and before. You lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high and I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from, uh, from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the other, uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. This is probably part of the psalm that we're coming up to that you've heard before, that you're familiar with, where David says, For you formed my inward parts, you knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, my soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake, and I am still with you. Probably some of those verses you've seen on, like, in stores where, you know, like you go into an antique shop or something, they have those, those shiplap signs that you might hang on your wall, decorative things where, you know, you, you've searched me, you've known me, beautifully formed, all that kind of stuff. This is part of the psalm that I wish was written on those, where David says, Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. O men of blood, depart from me. I'm kidding. I don't want that written on my wall. I just, I just thought, thought it was funny. Um, they speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. And then these next two verses are the scriptures that we're basing this series on. Verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. So today, we're going to deal with the first part of this prayer in verse 23. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Now, on the surface, I know that this may not seem dangerous. It may almost seem kind of innocuous, right, for, for us to pray that, um, that, like, search me, O God, know my heart. Especially in, in the context of knowing the, the, the first part of this psalm where David says, you know everything about me already, Lord. You know when I go to sleep. You know when I rise. You know the, the thoughts that are in my mind. You know the words that I say. The deeds that I do. So, so to say this, search me, O God, and know my heart almost seems, you know, kind of useless. Why would we preach a, a, a sermon about this? You know, if God knows everything, why, why is this so dangerous? 
Well, this is why. I want you to think about this for a minute. Um, you, some of you might be guilty of this, and it's okay. This is not a judgmental thing. I know I'm guilty of this. Some, some of us, sometimes we say things like, I'm not full of pride. It's, I can't help the fact that I'm just better than everybody else around me. Right? Or, or, or you know, I, I don't lust. I have no problems with lust. I just really appreciate the physical form that God created. <laughs> Or I'm not materialistic. I just, I just really need nice things in my life. You know, uh, I'm not a gossip. It's just helpful when I tell other people the things in others' lives that they need prayer for. Right, right. Do we do that? Do, do we ever say those kinds of things? Like we rationalize away uh, these, these, quite frankly, these lies. And, and, and the point is, is that in our hearts, we are deceitful. In fact, our hearts are the most deceitful thing that there is. Jeremiah 17, 9 says this, the heart is deceitful above all things and it's desperately sick. Who can understand it? Who can understand it. That is the purpose of this prayer in Psalm 139. It's not just about some recognition that God knows all of our inner thoughts. It's an invitation for God to show us all of the ways that we are deceitful in our heart. Search me out, O oh God, and know my heart. This is the beginning of a conversation with our Maker who knows far more than we will ever know. Far more than we can ever comprehend. We're saying to God, show me. Show me what you already know about me. Illuminate for me the things that I am unaware of. Show me where I'm deceitful. Show me where I'm broken. Show me where I lie to myself. Show me the lies that I believe. Right? Make me aware of all of the ways that I am not like you, God. And this isn't so that we beat ourselves up about it. That's not the purpose of this search me, O God, prayer. This is really about transformation. Uh, allowing ourselves to understand who we are. Who, what's going on inside of us so that we can draw closer to God. We can, we can pull into Him in those weak areas and be transformed more into His likeness. J just the other night, I was awakened at uh, 1 a.m. My heart was racing. Bah, 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 bah. And, um, and I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm a pretty solid sleeper for the most part. It drives my wife crazy. Like I, if, if I wake up in the middle of the night, usually I just have to turn back over and then I go back to sleep. Anybody else like that? Yeah, my wife's not like that, so she it just oh, she's so mad at me about it. But that's the way I was created. Thank you, Jesus. Um, I'm a I'm a pretty solid sleeper. But then the other night at 1 a.m., I woke up and my mind was racing. I couldn't stop. I was I was just thinking about all of these things. And I I said, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do I'm gonna practice what I'm preaching. Okay, I, I'm going to I'm going to pray. Search me, O God, and know my heart. And I'm going to tell you, this is a very dangerous prayer, especially at 1 a.m. <laughs> here's the thing. Like, so 
what started happening in my mind is, is and, and I, it really was, it's a process of listening. That's really what this, this prayer is about. See, see so when, when I said, search me, O Lord, and know my heart, and I'm just sitting there and I'm thinking about the things, God was bringing to my mind the things that I am spinning my wheels about and ultimately afraid of. Here's, here's what was going on. These are things that I was afraid of. Fears about my children. Fears about my marriage, fears about my possessions, fears about my health, things that I completely lie to myself about. How I view other people or how I care for other people, all kinds of things. And, and, um, and what, what God was revealing to me is how the enemy was using those fears to keep me from living into the will of God, the purpose that he has for me. Because I, I was, I'm afraid of being bold sometimes. I'm afraid that in, in my boldness for Christ, that my family is going to have to, to suffer because of that. People aren't going to like them. Oh, those are the super Christians. You know, we don't want to hang around with them. Or, or you know, fear, fears that, fears that uh, even my, my sins might be exposed and I, I might lose my reputation. That if, if I'm really honest about what's happening in my life, then, then you know, people aren't going to trust me anymore. My character, all that kind of stuff. God was, God was showing this to me, saying, these are the things that you're holding on to. These are the things that are prohibiting you from living into the fullness that I have for you. And the enemy... The enemy, Satan, is, is using those fears against me. See, we're, we're called to be light in the darkness, right? As followers of Jesus, we are called to be light in the darkness, to, to demonstrate to other people how good it is to live with the Father, how wonderful it is to be provided by, for our, by, by our Maker, and that scares the enemy. He doesn't want more people understanding how good God truly is. And so what the enemy does is he takes this stuff in our lives and he makes us afraid that we're going to lose it or that we're going we're gonna to lose control of what's happening in our lives or, or you know, something is going to change and our comfort zone that we're in right now is going to be demolished. Satan wants us to live and work for the status quo. More than anything else, that's what he wants, is for us to just keep things like this. But that's not what God wants for us. He wants us to change. He wants us to be transformed into his likeness. And here's, here's such an amazing truth. I believe in the kingdom of God. I believe that when we fully experience the kingdom of God in eternity, it's going to be like nothing else that we've ever understand. But here's the thing. Here on this earth, when we live in the will of God, we get to experience part of that kingdom here. And the enemy does not want us to experience it because he knows that it's wonderful. He knows that it's good. And he knows that we're going to want to stay there for as long as we can. And so the enemy, what he does is he takes these blessings that God has given to us. Blessings like our families, blessings like our jobs, the things that we have, our homes, our careers, whatever it is. He, he makes us believe that those things exist in our lives because of something that we've done. And that we have control over keeping those things safe. That's what the enemy tells us. We are the ones that are protecting those things, right? Right? We believe that it's on us to keep everything going. That's how Satan keeps us from moving closer to God. Just think about it. I want you to think about this in your own life. What is it that internally makes you afraid? 
What are you anxious about? Are you afraid of losing your job? Are you afraid of not being to that place in life that you expected to be by this age? Are you afraid of being stuck in a bad place in your marriage that's never going to change or maybe even losing your marriage? Are you afraid of failing? Afraid of loss? Losing someone or something that you really love? See, we're not in control of those things. We might think we are, but that's just an illusion. I mean, none of us know if something tragic is going to happen to us. We don't know if our house is going to catch fire tonight. We don't know if our company that we work for is going to go under. We don't know if our car is going to break down. Or we, or we, we, we have no idea if on our way to work we're going to get into a life-ending accident. We have no idea about those things. Tomorrow, someone in your family could be diagnosed with a, with a tragic illness, cancer, something else. None of us know those things. We, we have no control over it. So when we pray, God, search my heart, what we're doing is we're revealing those things that we fear the most. Let me say this a different way. I'm going to say it the way that's written on the screen. What we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. That's the purpose of this prayer. For us to understand that what we fear the most, fear of losing something, fear of not being in control, fear of whatever it is, what we fear the most, that's where we trust God the least. You know, if we, if we think, oh, I'm so scared about what's going to happen in my marriage. What we're really saying, and this is what God is showing to us in this prayer. What we're really saying is, I don't trust you, God, with my marriage. If we fear something happening to our children, what we're really saying is, God, I don't trust my children to you. If we say, I'm so afraid of not being able to pay the bills this month. What we're saying is, God, I don't trust you to provide for me. What we fear the most reveals where we trust God the least. And so when we pray, search me, God, know my heart, when we invite him into the depths of the deceit in our hearts, what we're doing is we're beginning a conversation with our maker about the things that we need to hand over to him so that we can become radically different, so that we can become more like Christ. And I know that, that for us to get serious about this, then we have to start putting some action plans in place. Like for us to say, okay, God, I, I'm, I'm not trusting you with this in my life. I'm, I'm afraid that I'm going to lose it, so I've got to hand it over to you. And so what, what do I need to do in order to, um, to, to, to do that? And, and I, I want to caution against us. I want to caution us against that right now. So we're going we're gonna to talk about that next week. Ross is going to come and he's going he's gonna to finish or go into the next step of this prayer, which is um, try me, try us, God, test us, God. And then the following week after that, it's going to be guide us, God, in the way of all life. But right now, I want to encourage us to just sit in the midst of this search me, O oh God, this conversation that we're having with Him. Don't rush out of it, but allow this time for us to, to be saturated in the words of God over our lives. 
to be saturated in his voice and the things that he's telling us so that we can learn what his voice sounds like. So we can hear more and more of the things that he wants to tell us. This is really important for us. Don't rush. Don't rush through this. What I've discovered in doing this is that this becomes an ongoing conversation. As I walk through my life and I pray this prayer, search me, O God, and know my heart, I become more aware of the motivations that are in my heart. And I, and I see the lies that I tell myself for what they are. And I begin to call them out. And I invite Jesus in to blot them out, to not be truths in my life in, in, anymore. For, for God to, to change my heart, to change my attitude, to change my character and my desires. And, 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 and this part of the prayer, this search me, O God, it, it's, it's one that doesn't ever really have to end. It's one of these prayer, pray without ceasing moments. Which is really great because um, in 1 Thessalonians 5.17, Paul tells us to pray without ceasing. And there, there, it's, this is connected to a, a much uh, broader text, which is really wonderful. And I encourage you to go and read 1 Thessalonians in, in completion. Um, but this part of, the, of, of his letter to the church in Thessalonica, I always struggled with. Like, how can anyone pray without ceasing? But what I've realized is that when I just sit with God and let his words wash over me and I listen to the places where he's revealing the, the brokenness in my heart, the lies that I, I realized that I'm praying without ceasing. On a side note, I was um, teaching this scripture to, to some of the middle school students a couple weeks ago. And, um, and I was asking them, and I asked them, what, you know, what do you think prayer without ceasing means? What did Paul mean when he said pray without ceasing? And, and I do that as a learning device for the middle schoolers, but it's also because I'm not really smart and I want to know if they're going to teach me something. Like, hey, what do you guys have? And uh, lo and behold... They taught me something. It was so good. I, I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm asking the middle school students, what does this mean and uh, to you? What do you think it means? And a lot of the students gave me really good but just kind of obvious answers. And then one student um, said, he goes, well, pray without ceasing means that God is always listening. <laughs> I was like, uh... In 41 years, that never occurred to me. Like, brilliance. <laughs> Who are you? Who are your parents? I want to meet them. I, they're doing a good job. Like, um, yeah, no, no, no. Praying without ceasing means that, that God is always listening to us. And so as we, as we invite God to search our hearts and to know us, there's so much where this conversation doesn't have to end. And it's, it's just this, this thing that, that as we pray, God is always listening to us because He has a much greater capacity than any of us do for listening. That is profound, and I'm so grateful for it. The more that we practice this prayer, the more that we recognize what the voice of God sounds like, we start to hear him speaking to us about all the ways that he loves us, all the ways that he wants the best for us. This is something that I've been so grateful to experience. And I hope, I hope that we as a community of believers, as a church, can start to experience this on, on a much uh, greater span. I, I, I just, I love that the thought of us all listening to God in this really beautiful and tender way. And how much it can transform us and, and, and the ripples that will be sent out of this community as a result. One of the really beautiful parts of, of David's psalm that I find intriguing here in Psalm 139 is his use of the word no. 
Seven times David uses this word in the psalm. Twice he uses it in our core text. Let's read this again. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. Um, This word know, it's used throughout the Old Testament. It has a wide range of uses from simple recognition of someone else to, to deeply intimate relationships. And this is one of the reasons why I love this prayer, because as David is saying this, and I'm not saying he intended this, but I think it's important for us. As, as, as David is, is praying this prayer, this works for all of us, depending on, on where we are in the spectrum. It doesn't matter, our spectrum of faith. Some of us may be far from God. Maybe we're just looking into, into this whole faith thing from, from the outside, asking questions, trying to understand more about who He is. Some of us are, are new in our faith. We're discovering what it really means to follow Jesus more and more, and, and, and those things are changing all the time in our lives, right? And then there's some of us who, who have been following Jesus for a long time. We're deeply mature. It doesn't matter where we are on that faith spectrum. When we invite God to come in and know us more, He will have something to say. How many of you guys um, used to watch Seinfeld when it was on air? Or maybe you watch it in syndication you know, somewhere else. Uh, they do a whole bit about this word no. And, um, and it's, it's, it's really fascinating to me. And it helps me to uh, even explore this a little bit more where um, Elaine... She, she kind of reveals to, to Jerry and friends the, the word yada. That's the actual word, the Hebrew word that's being used there is yada, which means no. And um, she's talking about it in context of a relationship. And she says, yeah, this is, she doesn't say it this way, but this is what we understand. This is a way to um, tell someone like where the relationship went without being very explicit. And so she said, yeah, we went on a date and then yada, 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 you know, whatever. And but here, I don't, I don't want us to go too far down that road, but I want us to think about this like in terms of our spiritual story and the journey that we're on, getting to know God can be so wonderful and so deeply intimate. And if we grow in that yada, then our relationship with him will just become better and sweeter and deeper. So next week, we're going to uh, take a step deeper in this. And, and, but before that, there's something that I want us to think about. And this is part of the reason why this is such a dangerous prayer. Because there's a battle going on for our hearts. The enemy, Satan, just call it out. The enemy wants us to fall in love with anything other than God. The enemy is warring for our hearts to fall for anything other than what God wants for us. And, uh, and, and there's, there's all these things that some, sometimes they're really subtle, sometimes they're really obvious. God, uh, you know, he, he's saying, put me first. The enemy's saying, no, put your family first, put your career first, put your kids first, put your whatever it is first. Or, or maybe it's, you know, fall in love with greed, fall in love with sex, fall in love with whatever else it is. But nonetheless, there's this battle that's going on. For our hearts, it's warring. And the scripture tells us that we need to guard our hearts. And I think this is part of the reason why Psalm 139 is so powerful, where David invites God in to search his heart. Because what he knows and what is true is that our hearts are a wellspring of life. This is Proverbs 4, verse 23. Our hearts are the wellspring of life, and everything in our lives flows out of our hearts. 
So when we pray, search me, O God, and know my heart, what we're praying is that we would rather have the will of God reigning in our lives than the will of anything else. So what I'm inviting you into is to pray this prayer with us. Today, pray it tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, pray it. Find a space where you can be alone, where you can invite God into your heart and to search you and to speak to you. And let's just be saturated in what he has to say to us. And, and I want to practice this morning, if you guys are willing to do this. I'm going to invite you all to stand up. This is, this is what I mean by this prayer. This is how we do it. If, you're not, if you don't want to do this, it's fine. Stand up anyway. And then don't follow any other instructions that I give you. Um, but that way you won't look weird. So, okay. Um, Here's what I want, what we're going to do. In a minute, we're going to bow our heads and close our eyes. And we're only doing that to, to block out distractions. There's nothing magical about bowing your head and closing your eyes. All of a sudden, you have this direct line to God. That's not what this is about. But it's really just to, to, to not be distracted by the people to your left or to your right or in front of you or anything like that. So you kind of get focused. And then I'm going I'm to ask you to, to hold your hands out like this with your palms up. And, and once again, there's nothing magical about this. This is just a, a position that we put ourselves in to say, I'm open to God, open to you, God, and what you have to say. And we're just going to pray this simple prayer. Whisper it to yourself, search me, O God. And we're going to sit and we're going to listen. It's going to be a little uncomfortable. That's okay. Sit and listen to what God may say to you. So let's do this together. Just pray, search me, O oh God, and know my heart. hear the words God is speaking to you. Recognize those places that he's pointing out. I want to encourage you because I know this really isn't the best place to pray this prayer. There's so much that's possibly distracting us, but I want to encourage you to go home today, maybe tomorrow in the morning, to find a place where you can be alone and you can pray the same prayer. You can just listen to God speak to you, speak truth over you. Identify those places where you're not trusting Him. And we're not moving yet into the action steps, but we're just listening to Him. Next week, we will talk about how do we move past this, but this week, let's just enjoy this moment with God where he's speaking to us. Where we can hear his voice and we can draw closer to him. Where we can experience the yada. So God, we thank you for the words that you're speaking to us. 
We thank you for the ways that you provide for us. We thank you that we can trust you even when we don't know how to. So God, come and search our hearts. We pray this in your son's wonderful name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon audio. If you're loving Quest podcast, let us know on Facebook or Twitter by using the hashtag GoToQuest. For more information on Quest, who we are, and what God is doing here, or if you would like to help support Quest financially, please visit us at GoToQuest.org. That's G-O-T-O-Quest.org. Thanks for listening.